Dillon, a 22-year-old on the front row, leading the champion to green. And the two-time Scott McLaughlin is in there as well. Let's go. Green flag this time. You Racing at Barber Motorsports Park. And VK will go down into turn one first. Scott McLaughlin around the outside of Alex Pelot as we see him in three wide now heading into turn two. Good clean up front. Look at Ro Felix Rosenquist in that orange and blue car for Aaron McLaren SP. Up over turn three and four. Stretching their legs down to turn five. Key overtaking move and that's what Pelot's trying to do on McLaughlin. Look at this. Here comes Tatiana Calderon. This is what I was talking about. Look at this. Colton Hurd on Grosjean. Teammate on teammate into turn one. Oh! oh Herder runs off and loses that battle. Herta knows that this is the advantage for the red tire now. This is the time to make the move. Here comes the run again on push to pass. Up top, you see Newgarden just got by Calderon, so that's important for his three-stop strategy. Oh, that is a big move right there. That is one of the fastest corners in IndyCar on the circuit for Colton Herta to pull off the outside move on his teammate, Roman Grosjean. Check this out, guys. We're riding on board the Gainbridge Honda with Colton Herta. He had an incident a few moments ago with Jimmy Johnson. Up into turn 16. Looking for the inside run. Doing the Joseph Newgarden. Little side-to-side -side contact. So, in other words, Joseph Newgarden up front right now. He'll have to pit in about nine laps or so. And then you'll see... Look out, Marty. Marty, look out. Callum Eilat arguing over the same bit of track space oh. in the museum section. And this unbelievable run has come to an end. Eilat, with the advantage now, has perfect track position. It just fired in and in too deep. Guys, it's, it's tough to underestimate. And really, oh, look, oh, look at Holt. He's hurt trying to there get it. There it is. He's trying to make the Joseph Newgarden move while defending from Joseph Newgarden. Contact with David Malukas there. Does that open the door for Joseph into turn one? Able to dispose of the rookie very effectively. Hinch, watch this. Elio Castro Neves, Jimmy Johnson. This is under review. What went down? Oh, oh what Castro went around? Neves. Right now, these two drivers, Felix Rosenquist and Colin Herta, they're not looking at their steering wheel, guys. They are just grabbing on for Here we go, inside, as inside. As he goes for it. It's the new garden move by Herta for now a third time. This time on Felix Rosenquist. So clicks up another position, put Colton Herta down now for ninth place. This is Joseph Newgarden, we're on the PPG Chevy and Romain Grosjean. Maybe a slight contact there exiting turn five. This is coming down towards the museum complex. Grosjean's going to be on the outside here for this. They're wheel to wheel, and Grosjean does what he did yesterday. That's what Callum Eilat should have done earlier to Elio Castroneves. Newgarden with the position on the inside. Grosjean goes for a ride, but like the pro that he is, gathers it up. Barely lost, uh, dare I say, a couple tenths of a second. Let's ride with fast hands, the Ninja Award. You see the green lights on the side of the deck. Deep into turn five. Around the outside of VK, what a move from Pato Award! And was that the winning move of the race? Brilliant stuff from Award, absolutely Great sent one. it and it paid off. This is going to be VK and Award all over again, or will it? Yes it is, McLaughlin around the outside of Dixon. And goes a little bit wide, oh. McLaughlin's off. He got oh, sideways no. on entry, lost control, gets it back again, but Dixon and Pagano are gone by. Up ahead, Will Power and Scott Dixon were tangling, but this is what went down. Have a listen. This is a full send from way too far back. Colton Herta 
throwing caution to the wind, gets into McLaughlin, then loops it. Luckily doesn't stall. Let's watch the reaction here. That's his dad, Brian. Well, oh, let's look at this. Talk about a run. Grosjean on the inside of Ray Hall. Graham gives uh, Romain plenty of room. There's contact. Oh, and Grosjean contact. hits him twice. I think he aimed for him the second time. Yeah. That was almost as bad as that Jimmy Johnson pass. Pato Award, who had a frustrating start to the year here at Barber Motorsports Park. He's going to win again, but for the first time here, Pato Award. Second flag, baby. The Ninja nice drive. Excellent, excellent job. Well he deserved. wins at Barber Motorsports Park to keep Chevrolet's amazing run going. Watch the GMR Grand Prix Saturday, May 14th at 3 p.m. on NBC. With that, welcome to the Push to Pass podcast, uh, episode 23. Uh, Josh, if you can uh, believe that or not, we're going to uh, be uh, previewing uh, the Children's of Alabama uh, Indy Grand Prix that is taking place this weekend at uh, Barber Motorsports Park there in uh, in, in Alabama. Uh, a lot to a lot to get to here in the uh, next hour or so. As you've seen, uh, just uh, one year ago. It was uh, uh, channel favorite, uh, my favorite uh, to win not only Indy 500, but to win the points championship. Uh, Pato Award uh, taking the victory there in uh, 2022, and, and uh, I know uh, you know we we talked about this a little bit, uh, Josh, off air uh, today uh, that uh, Pato Award again uh, could be the uh, favorite uh, going into this weekend. Yep, he definitely could be. Uh, he had a rough time in um, in his last race, <clears throat> but I feel like he's going to make a bounce back. Um, but statistically, if he plans on winning this, he's going to have to be probably qualifying in the top three. Uh, I know we were going over stats earlier that uh, typically the winner of this race comes uh, qualifies anywhere from one to three. So. Hopefully he has a good uh, good qualifying uh, effort this coming weekend, and uh, he can get back on get back on the road to winning the uh, NTT IndyCar uh, Championship this year. Yeah, what you were just uh, alluding to there. Let me see if I can uh, go back through uh, Twitter here uh, earlier uh, today and uh, just uh, you know touch on a little bit of. Uh, those stats that you were uh, describing there. Uh, but before I get to that uh, loaded show uh, today, uh, not only obviously, like you said, are we going to be bringing you uh, a preview of the uh, Children's of Alabama Indy Grand Prix down there at uh, Barber Motorsports Park, uh, but we're going to be joined uh, here in about uh, or so uh, by a, a show favorite, uh, uh, both of ours, obviously. Uh, you can hear him as he co-hosts with uh, Kevin Bowen on 93.5 and Seven five, uh, the fan, and then two. Uh, he is turn announcers on uh, IndyCar Radio. Uh, Jake Query uh, is going to be joining us. Uh, we're going to discuss uh, this past weekend or this past week. Uh, we had the uh, first test at the uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, uh, getting ready for the month of May and for the uh, 500. I know uh, Jake was there for the whole uh, first day. Uh, we'll talk about that, and then obviously uh, we'll we'll get his uh, thoughts and and. Uh, and 
and such on uh, what we're going to see uh, this weekend. And then uh, later in the show, as always, uh, Mike from Burnout Sports, Burnout Bets, uh, is going to uh, be joining us uh, to talk a little bit of the IndyCar gambling side of things and who are some of the favorites, dark horses, and uh, sleepers and, and potentially drivers to stay away from uh, this weekend as well. But getting back to those uh, uh, little nuggets there, uh, Josh, that you pointed out uh, earlier. Uh, and, and hat tip, I want to give a hat tip on on Twitter to uh, Chad Smith at Chad Two Hundred on uh, Twitter, where uh, earlier today he was he put out some three key stats uh, that come from Barber Motorsports Park. Number one, uh, nine of the last twelve races uh, have been won by the top three starters, uh, referring to Scott Dixon. Uh, he has nine podiums. Uh, he is the only driver to finish in the top 10 in every race, but believe it or not, has not won or started on the front row of any of those 12 races. And then also too, uh, Will Power has two wins here at Barber Motorsports Park, nine top fives, eight front row starts, and he has led the most laps all time at Barber at 212. And then a couple more here uh, that uh, Chad points out as well. Uh, talking about uh, Scott Dixon adding to this Twitter thread here. Uh, Scott Dixon has made the Firestone Fast Six in 11 of the 12 races, but he has never started on the front row. And then uh, Dixon has started third, fourth, fifth, 10 times. And then just to add to this, uh, Scott is the only driver to compete in all 1,051 laps in 12 Barber Motorsports Park races. And he is, and Scott Dixon, believe this or not, Josh, uh, Dixon has won at 25 tracks, but none of them, none of those wins at those 25 tracks have been at Barber Motorsports Motor uh, Park. So I'm sure uh, Scott Dixon there uh, trying to, um, Trying to get off the schneid, uh, as as they like to say in the professional sports world. Uh, before we get in and break down, Josh, a little more of this, uh, let's pull up the um, uh, the 2023 schedule. As uh, right there should be coming up on screen for everyone. As you see right there, uh, April 30th, uh, the end of April. And, and Josh, we're both excited to see the end of April because that is that means one thing and one thing only. It is uh, the calendar is about ready to turn over into the month of May. Uh, taking a look, a preview, as we will here at, uh, this is uh, last year's map, actually, of the Honda uh, Indy Grand Prix of Alabama, and they've changed the name this year. As I said, it is the Children's of Alabama Indy Grand Prix. Uh, this is going to be a 90-lap race, Josh, 207 miles. Uh, for people that are unfamiliar uh, with this motorsports park here, uh, it the 2.3-mile permanent road course has 17 flowing turns and features 80 feet of elevation uh, that uh, can change – 80 feet of elevation change, rather, that challenges drivers and engineers. A 45-foot-wide racing ribbon also makes it imperative for patience while setting up overtake opportunities. Uh, Josh, anything else here uh, as we're looking at the, the map and talking about the uh, statistics a little bit uh, that you want to uh, add here? That's an interesting looking course uh, track to me. You know, we were looking at it earlier today uh, on a live view, like a diff, a uh, actual picture of it. And if you drove up on it, you wouldn't really know it's a track. You would think 
It's a, it might be where someone was testing, you know, some sports cars, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't really think that it was a, um, it was an actual track. That's a huge, that's a huge layout and there's going to be lots of twists and turns and, uh, Hopefully everyone comes out of it uh, comes out of it healthy and uh, crash free, but uh, I can't I can't imagine that's going to actually happen because there's so many twists and turns. Uh, this track is a monster. It's so many uh, not not a lot of hairpin turns, but there are uh, they going through some of those turns. They are going to be able to pull maybe a G or two, you know, put put a lot of force on their bodies. So hopefully this this time they uh, the each driver is uh, endure got their endurance up and can uh, can come come and bring their best game. Yeah, it's definitely going to be uh, interesting to watch as as you see here up on screen all of the uh, turns and such. And I would also too. I know we did this earlier today, and I probably should have uh, uh, put the video up here. Uh, go on YouTube and, and just type "lap uh, Barber Motorsports" uh, because then you'll be able to ride. Uh, with the driver, um, I forget which one it is, uh, but um, just watching them go around this uh, this track here, you know their hands are um, they're work they're uh, they're you know in play at all times, obviously trying to keep the car uh, straight on the on the track there. But yes, definitely if you get an opportunity, uh, go go check on uh, YouTube or whatever uh, video outlet uh, you use, and just type in uh, Barber Motorsports IndyCar Lap and uh, check. Um, Check that out. Uh, let's take a look at the uh, upcoming uh, schedule here uh, for uh, this weekend. We're going to kick things off on Friday, uh, April 28th. That's when the IndyCar is going to be there, have their first uh, practice, uh, get down some uh, some rubber uh, on the uh, Motorsports Park Complex. Uh, that's going to take place at 340. And then uh, Saturday, that's when uh, things are really going to uh, ramp up here a little bit. Uh, second practice of the weekend is going to happen at uh, 12 o'clock noon. And then uh, a few hours later, Josh, after all the tune-ups and uh, changes uh, to uh, to the cars setup-wise, etc., uh, we're going to have our first round of qualifying at 3 o'clock. And then uh, about uh, 20 minutes later or so, uh, approximately, uh, we're going to have our second round of qualifying. And then that's when we get into the knockout phase here at uh, 340, where we have uh, round two, uh, where qualifying dwindles down to that uh, Firestone uh, Fast 6, uh, which will take place at 4 p.m. on Saturday. And then all, all everything's quiet there on the, on the Western Front, uh, as they like to say, until uh, Sunday around noon uh, when the uh, IndyCars uh, take that final, uh, final little practice this there from 12 to 12 30 for a warm-up and then uh it's uh, on to the race at uh, 3 15 the green flag drops uh, obviously you can catch it all on on peacock and then also too uh you can catch it over there with our friends on uh, indie car radio so uh, uh josh uh, any um you know anything else here as we look at the uh, practice schedule um, you know, the cars are going to be a, a lot of time, a lot of time rather uh, on the track, but then also to the, the engineers, uh, the crews um, are definitely going to have their hands full too uh, during these uh, uh, sessions uh, to uh, fine tune the car and get it into uh, qualifying trim there for Saturday. Yep. Yep. The, the, that's true. They're going to, all the drivers are going to have their hands full, but also the engineers, like you said, are going to have their hands full, you know, fine tuning the cars, tweaking, tweaking the engines here. You know, should we, should we go with these tires or 
what tire setup should I should we go with? Um, <clears throat> I, I mean, other than that, I don't really have too much to add to it. But I I just think that uh, this is going to be a great race. Uh, one 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 to remember. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can we we can have a great race and uh, just move on to Indy because I can't wait. I cannot wait until Indy comes because it's going to be a fun month of May. Yes, it absolutely is. But uh, obviously, we have to get through uh, this uh, this race this weekend uh, here first. Uh, just taking a look at some of the past winners, uh, as as we mentioned there at the top of the uh, of the show, there uh, Pato Award back in 2022. Uh, Alex Pillow uh, actually won this race back in uh, 2021. Uh, Takuma Sato in 2019. Uh, Joseph Newgarden, uh, a dominant uh, two-year run from 2018 and 2017. Uh, Simon Pagano uh, picked up a race win in 2016. And then uh, Joseph Newgarden, again, a young uh, Joseph Newgarden in 2015. And then uh, a name that you're going to be, you're going to hear that's going to sound familiar, especially uh, when it comes to the month of May, Ryan hunter Ray, uh, 2013, 2014. Uh, Will Power, 2012 and 2011. Uh, Elio Castroneves uh, won the inaugural event in 2010. So uh, definitely a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, not not new faces, uh, but I think familiar faces uh, that uh, that we're going to see here that are uh, past winners that are going to try to uh, to try their hand uh, here this weekend at uh, Barber Motorsports Park. Uh, we will again, again, like I mentioned. We will talk to uh, Jake here in the next uh, few minutes or so. Uh, we'll touch on uh, the uh, the testing, and then I do have the uh, results uh, from that uh, test session uh, that we'll get to in the news portion of the show. Also, too, I know uh, if you've been paying attention, uh, we've been talking a lot about our driver analyst who will actually, I have got confirmed, will be back next week, uh, R.C. Enerson. Uh, but uh, Josh, uh, huge congratulations, I think, uh, is going to go out to uh, RC as it was confirmed this week. And we'll talk more about it uh, in the news part of, of the show. Uh, but it has now been confirmed that uh, RC Enerson is going to be the 34th entry. You know, we've been teasing that. It's been a rumor. Uh, but now we can confirm that RC Enerson is going to be that uh, 34th entry into the Indianapolis 500 in just uh, a couple uh, weeks' time. So uh, we'll talk more about that as uh, as the show uh, unfolds to the news part as well. And then one more uh, item I want to uh, tease as well. Uh, huge, I, I think, Josh, uh, and we can talk about this and then talk about more uh, towards the end. But I think what what is about to happen to IndyCar uh, this coming uh, Thursday I think is definitely going to is is something that we've been preaching about getting more eyeballs into this sport. And, and I do believe Josh, that the launch of this uh, docu docu series uh, between CW sports and vice a hundred days to Indy, I think is the absolute golden ticket to get more eyes into this sport right now. Definitely. Anytime you can get a, uh, a, 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 you can get your product out there on a channel that uh, that a lot of people will watch. I know I've watched Vice. They have a they have uh, different uh, <clears throat> different things uh, such as Dark Side of the Ring, Dark Side of the f Football. I know I think it's get more eyes out there. Um, 
and I'm hoping and uh, from the uh, from the previews from the trailer, it looks like it's going to be a really great thing, uh, great show. Uh, hopefully, more people, you know, even if they're just flipping through and they they stop and they see, maybe they see. I know David Letterman's in it. They'll stop and say, "Well, what's David Letterman talking about?" And you know, they'll stop and watch it. Um, hoping that uh, that that it's done well and it brings out the uh, the true spirit and uh, sportsmanship of all the drivers and just just how how people have fallen in love with this race. You know, David Letterman said, "When the engines start, when the engines start up, the hair on the back of your neck stands up." you get goosebumps and uh, the pageantry of, of just race day. I've been there several times and just the different things that they do pre-race the, from the, from the, um, from the parades, you got, you got uh, the parade marching bands going around the track uh, cars, you know, luxury cars going around showing off celebrities. I hope that this uh, hundred days to Indy, Highlights that and uh, brings more eyeballs onto the sport, and we can uh, we can have a record setting um, record setting uh, attendance and uh, viewership of the of the race this May. Yeah, definitely. I can't wait to see this uh, this series on uh, on uh, Thursday. Uh, like I said, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about it, and then also too, as you said. Um, we will uh, show the uh, trailer that you just mentioned with uh, David Letterman, who is, uh, if you don't know, um, is a car owner, actually, as well, a part of uh, Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan. Uh, so uh, hopefully Dake should be uh, joining us here in just a uh, few minutes. But um, I, I want to go back. We were talking about, and, and you brought up the the nuggets, uh, the statistics that uh, are, show, are notes, track notes, whatever you want to say. And I know uh, I, I said this to you earlier, um, but people that don't, that didn't see this on Twitter, and this is a, a hat tip to uh, Hickey93 at uh, Hickey93 on Twitter, that with Takuma Sato not racing on Sunday, there are only three drivers that have started every single race at Barber. And as I see uh, Jake joining us, and I'm going to bring him into this conversation because I want to see if this guy is as sharp as he makes himself out to be. Jake, I just uh, uh, posed the question here, and I found this on Twitter earlier today. With Takuma Sato not racing on Sunday, there are only three drivers who have started every race, indie race, at Barber. Can you name them? Now, does this include that they would start this year as well? Yes. Okay. Elio Castroneves. Oh, no, it'd just be the, the, the previous 12. Sorry. Okay. Elio Castroneves? Um, no. He's not one of them? Um, no. Because wasn't that the year that Meyer Shank only did half a, a season? Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Okay. Um, this is great radio, I realize, or television. Um, see, they all start to blend together to me, admittedly. Ryan Hunter-Ray? Is that one of them? No. All right, give me two more guys. No. Oh, Will Power? 
I don't know. So go ahead, hit me. That's one. That's one. Yeah, so Will Powers one, right? Um, Scott Dixon, Graham Ray Hall. Oh, Correct. Yeah. I mean, Dixon Scott Dixon. Scott Dixon, Graham Ray Hall. Yeah, I should have. I should have grabbed. Her. You know, Graham. I should have yeah. gotten both of those. Uh, I, uh, first, Thank you for joining us, Jake. Um, we do we do love having uh, you on Jake the show. first in uh, form. Uh, Jake, first and foremost, again, huge thank you for uh, for joining us. Um, I know you were out at uh, testing uh, last week, uh, the whole uh, event. Uh, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think. You know, anytime that you have cars on track there, it's pretty cool. It was weird because it feels like May, but it's not May yet. Um, but I think it gives us a pretty good indication just in terms of, you know, I thought the speeds were pretty good. Um, it was good to see that they did all of those laps without any incident. You know, it, it basically checked off all the boxes, right? You had the rookies getting through rookie orientation and passing through the phases, the veteran refresher course, everybody getting through that. I thought, to be honest with you, one of the storylines was Steph Wilson. I thought he was really good. That team was good. I mean, Steph Wilson and Ryan Hunter Ray both looked like they were going to have some pretty fast cars. And Wilson kept, I thought, really good lines. Looked like a guy that's been out there a lot, even though obviously he hasn't. Um, you know, and then, quite frankly, then you never know with the bigger teams. It's it's easy to look into or interpret the speeds and variations, but you don't know what they're working on. I mean, especially in a test as opposed to actual practices. So, for me a situation like that is more about what doesn't happen in a good way. And that is that nobody had any complications. Everybody was able to get out with the exception of who goes hauling a racing man. I mean, something's going on with between Augustine Canapino and Ken Lilot. Those are two guys that are not on the same page. The team might be, and the team might like Canapino being there, but clearly Caleb Eilat doesn't. And Eilat to me, who's a talented guy, looks like a guy that wanted to explore his options to go elsewhere he was contractually bound to stay with his team. It looks like he's riding out his time. Talented guy and could still have some good results, but they struggled for sure. So that if there was one team that was struggling, it would be them. Yeah, I, I know when you uh, referenced uh, Hunkos Hollander, and I remember the interview uh, that uh, that you guys did, Callum Eilat, I think it was Ian Marine, and what, what you're referring to there, for people that didn't hear that, it, it, obviously you can't see Callum's body language on the radio, but you could definitely, in his, in his tone of voice, when he was asked about the struggle teammates having, and when he responds saying Tiblum, uh yeah, there's, there's a little bit of uh, dysfunction there for sure. You know, I think part of it, I mean, you're right, and that was the situation. And I think part of it, too, you know, if you were going to try to explain for Caleb Eilat, it's just the background he comes from. You know, people don't realize that when you come up through the ranks in Europe and through Formula One, you know, in Formula One, your teammate is the number one person that you need to beat because you have totally matching identical equipment. So you want to make sure that you are finishing ahead of your teammate to be able to prove that in a level playing field that you are the more talented of the two. So the whole concept of teamwork and sharing telemetry and sharing data and offering tidbits and advice, you know, that's a foreign concept to Caleb Milot from his background. And, you know, clearly this year, you know, last year he worked on his own. He did a really good job last year. I thought he had a good rookie season, especially considering that, you know, he was a lone bandit. I mean, he didn't have a teammate to, to, to 
for those things to be shared with. So he did a good job, but I, I can understand where his mindset would be exactly what he said, which is, look, I figured it out. He can figure it out on his own. Um, it's not the best in terms of cohesiveness for a team in IndyCar, but it does run parallel with the way things are done in the background in which Kyle Milot has experience. Yeah, that, that, that's a very uh, valid point, especially him with the background that he has being, as you said, the the lone wolf. And, and it showed last year with his uh, success and, and this year trying to uh, replicate that. And they just uh, qu- haven't uh, haven't quite done that yet. Uh, I thought somebody else that uh, stood out. Um, I know this team has struggled uh, through uh, a handful of races. Uh, nice to see uh, Connor Daly. The, uh, at the top as well, you know, Ed Carpenter racing has struggled immensely, but uh, to the uh, laps down and where he ended two was uh, scheduled calendar. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously that team is, you know, ovals are what they're set up for, right? I mean, we know what it means to Ed Carpenter, and they've always been good on the ovals. I mean, the real struggle for that team clearly is on the road and street courses, you know, whether the setups. You know, one of the things, and it's been a long time, I realize, but going back to backgrounds, you know, Connor Daly came from a background where the way that he raced and his cutting his teeth, so to speak, was in Europe, where setups were not necessarily the same in terms of the feedback given, in terms of the way that he, you know, would would have been giving – and working with engineers, just a different background. But, you know, that team, obviously, you know, Renus VK even, who has been really good over the course of his career, he's won races, obviously, in Indianapolis on the road course. But they've struggled in finding speed, for sure. But the one area where they have it figured out, and keep in mind, you know, these are essentially the same chassis, the same setups, they're using the same data as years past. And the one area where that team has found out speed is on the super speedways at Indianapolis. And so... Um, that translated well. I think Connor Daly and you know all three of those, VK will undoubtedly be probably a fast nine contender when it comes down to, to qualifying for the Indianapolis 500 uh, on the Oval. And, and Connor will be right there up front as well. I mean, he's led laps there, obviously. Uh, he led more laps than anybody else a year ago, if I'm not mistaken. But um, So they know their way up front, and, and I would anticipate that they'll, they are one of the teams that will be fast come the 500. Uh, Josh, anything you want to ask you pertaining to uh, uh, testing before we move on to uh, Barber this weekend? Um, what uh, what impression did you get from the uh, Andretti team? You know, they were struggling uh, struggling to begin the season, and then uh, <clears throat> then they just had a at the at our last race they just had a one heck of a heck of a weekend. Do you feel like uh, did you seem like did it seem like the Andretti team was uh, was upbeat and uh, more optimistic than they may have been uh, coming out <clears throat> coming in coming out of the uh, last couple of races before they won and uh, went I think they went one three four in the last race I believe I may be wrong. Yeah I'm trying to think I mean obviously they were I mean they were right there right I mean they were they were really strong. Um, look I think the reality is and yes, everybody, and Di Francesco wasn't terrible, but everybody else ran up in the top five. Um, one of the things that Andretti Autosport has always done, and this goes back to when Dario was driving for them, one of the strategies they have, and this is the advantage of obviously being a multi-car team, and I would anticipate the same is going to happen for the 500. I think they're optimistic 
Josh, because the reality is they're going to be able to send out all of their cars on all those practice days and do different setups the entire time. And I think that's what they did a little bit in the test. I don't think they were looking for speed as much as just figuring out and getting information on different variations in terms of the way the cars run in traffic, the setup, et cetera. I would anticipate that Colton Herta and probably Marco Andretti will be the two guys that turn a ton of laps for them. Colton Herta turned a lot of laps for them in the test. But those guys will be the workhorse because of their experience there and just their understanding of those cars that are going out and collecting as much information as they can to then go back, obviously, to the team and say, you know, here's where things stand. Here's what we're doing. Um, so come qualifying, it wouldn't surprise me if they have one or two that are off pace a little bit because they'll probably try some some different setups. But they'll be good and they'll have the information certainly on race day. I would anticipate that they'll have the proper setups and knowledge to be able to stagger maybe a little bit of the strategies they do and then bring that kind of all together throughout the later stages and later sets of the race. Okay. Uh, one more question. So they, they, they tested last week. How much of the data do you think can actually translate into later in May? I mean, last week it was, I know we had a, we had a couple of beautiful days, but then towards the end of the end of the uh, week, it started getting uh, getting getting a little colder, um, and as we typically know, on a beautiful May day for uh, for the 500, it could get up to 70, 80 degrees. I don't know how uh, I don't know how how hot the track's going to get. Do you think the um, the data that all the teams collect? Do you think it translates well into uh, into into the end of May when they're a trying to qualify and B also on race day? No, it's a a perfectly astute question, and it's one of them that fascinates me as much as anything, because I ask that a lot, right, is the reality is that of any racetrack that IndyCar runs on, whether it be Road Street, Ovals, I think a lot would tell you that Indianapolis is the most temperature and, and heat sensitive, so same thing there, sensitive track of any of them. There are two things I think that come into play at Indy more than anything else. Number one is the heat absorption in different areas of the racetrack in that asphalt, and it getting stuck there and that causing grip to go away a little bit. The other one, which is advantageous for them, that was taking place during the test is the wind. And in particular in turn two, if you talk to drivers, they will always tell you that turn two, the wind is very tricky because of the way the seats are and the grandstands are between the, the Southeast Vista and then I think it's stand J maybe. I can't remember the name of the stand, but it's lower. So the wind can get in, but then it kind of gets trapped there because of the, the sweet wall, if you will. So the wind kind of circles and swirls, and it's very tricky. So to be able to go out and turn laps on a windy day, advantageous, because if there's wind at any point during the month of May, they're going to have that telemetry. But the thing that is the most sensitive is the sunlight. You can see it during qualifying. If the cloud cover comes over right when somebody's making a qualifying run, they're going to get better grip and better sensitivity for their car and more speed than the car right before them or right after if that cloud moves and the sun is drenching the track that sun takes away the grip in those tires and that costs them even a micro fraction of speed. So the thing about the tests and the practice that is so important is that Indianapolis in the month of May, the weather is totally sporadic. It can be nice one day, terrible the next. So you never know what the track conditions are going to be in the most important days, which are qualifying and race day. So you've got to make sure that you have every single I dotted and T crossed in those variables and I do think it's possible that that kind of a weather will present itself. The law of averages says at some point in May, we're going to see weather like that. And it might be, you know, I mean, hell, the 92 race was 58 degrees, I think, when they went to green. So it can happen. I mean, you just never know 
So as I always say, man, it wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. So when whenever that weather comes, you better make sure that you've got something to prepare yourself for it. Definitely. Thanks, Jake. Good stuff. That's why we. Uh, that's why we had you come on to uh, break this all down. But uh, before we get into the month, we have a uh, race this weekend at uh, uh, Barber Motorsports uh, Park. Um, you know, Pato Award, the uh, defending champion. Uh, he's paid. He's played rather. Uh, bridesmaid here. Uh, the uh, last uh, handful of weeks. Uh, you know, last week. Um, an incident between him and Scott Dixon. Not only did it get bad on the track, but uh, the backlash on on social media was uh, something that IndyCar hasn't seen either. Uh, you know, tell us a little bit about what you're thinking, what you're feeling going into uh, uh, Barber this weekend. Well, first off, I love it. I mean, it's a place that when we first went there, and man, I mean, it makes me feel old when you say only three guys have run every race there, right? I mean, it seems to me like it was a year ago when we were there for the first time and. I remember talking to Castro Nevis on pit road about it and the crowd was massive and we didn't know how IndyCar would be received in the heart of NASCAR country. And it's been a favorite stop. I mean, when we go in there, it's a great facility. It's beautiful, but you know, you watch the local news in Birmingham that weekend and all the coverage is about, you know, oh, it's race weekend and it's Grand Prix weekend. And, and it's very much on their calendar and it still is. And they're great fans and they're very welcoming. And I love going down there. Um, the track itself you know, originally it was designed essentially as a motorcycle racetrack, so it's very narrow. So there are not a lot of great passing opportunities in the track, but one of them is coming down off of the corkscrew as they go down a huge elevation change. There's a slight straightaway going into turn number 10. and You can kind of make a move there, but the track narrows and has a slight kink. So if you're not careful, you can actually lose the race on that spot and get yourself into the, to the gravel onto the outside. So um, I think it tempts people. And that's, you know, having the patience through that area is one of the real challenges. I think Joseph Newgarden, you know, Graham Rahal has had some good runs there. But I do think that if you had to pick one, Dixon is always a guy in that circumstance that's really good. Same with Power. Uh, and Pato is, I'm telling you, man, Pato's here to stay. Like, Pato is going to be good at every single race we go to every weekend. But I do think that it's probably Newgarden's track because it's close to home for him. He's had success there. I think he really enjoys racing there. And they seem to be off to a really good start just in terms of the cohesiveness they have. New Garden's really disappointed on what happened at Long Beach, I think, because they made a bad call probably in terms of when they were going to pit and the fuel efficiency that he was able to not get down the, the stretch of the race where he had to kind of conserve fuel at a time when everybody else was able to go for it. So uh, that hurt him for sure. But um, – I, you know, it's going to be fun to watch. The other storyline would be, you know, Kyle Kirkwood coming off of the win at Long Beach, young driver, a lot of promise, finally fulfilling that promise. Uh, but is he going to be able to put it together in terms of back-to-back -back races? You know, that's one of the things as a young driver that's a real test and one of the things I think will be fun to watch. You talk some of the drivers to – uh, this weekend, you didn't mention who has had consistent finish after uh, consistent current points. Uh, Markson, is this uh, a track for him uh, to uh, get another uh, consistent finish? Is that somebody to see maybe struggle this weekend? 
No, he's another one that I think you're going to, we are going to consistently see run towards the front. You know, the thing about Erickson to me that is really impressive, and you see this with a lot of drivers, you can tell as they get to know the courses themselves. Erickson came over, and in that rookie year, you know, he was running like the first half of the year, let's say 14 to 17, you know, race in there. Then the year goes on, and all of a sudden he's running like 10 to 14. And you think, okay, like he's, he's kind of started to figure things out a little bit. Then obviously last year, I mean, a guy that was leading the points for the better part of the year and certainly figured out not only how to run these particular cars and everything that goes into it and and the circuits themselves, but I also think just working with and having good chemistry with his engineer, with his team, and, you know, that's obviously a team that knows how to get cars up front and run them there. So the work he's done in terms of, you know, with the team itself, in terms of working with Dario and talking to Dixon and learning – everything that he can. He's an experienced guy anyway, who came over with a lot of Formula One experience under his belt. So um, absolutely, Marcus Erickson. I think there's probably five, six guys that you could look at and say, doesn't matter the track, doesn't matter the conditions. They're going to run up towards the front unless something else becomes a variable against them. And Marcus Erickson's one of those guys for certain. Uh, Josh, that you want to add here in the last uh, few minutes? Uh, just uh, wanted to ask Jake about um, – I've, I've been seeing advertisements for this uh, gold badge uh, series you're doing yeah. with the with the 500. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that? I haven't been able to watch any of the uh, episodes yet, but I am I am eagerly awaiting time after I, uh, after I get off here. I, my son's asleep right now, so I should be able to watch it and see. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Well, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to plug that. So the radio station I work for, which is 93.5107.5 The Fan here in Indy, the website is 1075thefan.com. Um, you know, when I got hired a year ago, they basically said to me like, hey, you know, what, what kind of content can you come up with for Indy and just for IMS in general? And I thought, I don't, I don't really know. And I said, well, you know what? If you have a bronze badge, you can get like through the garage area. If you have a silver badge, you can go like on pit road. There's no gold badge that takes you everywhere. So I said, why don't we just take a day with the camera crew and I'll let the speedway know we're coming over and I'll just take people places that they can't normally go that we're very lucky. And you guys have access to, but I mean, we're very fortunate to have access to a lot of things that it's not lost on me. You know, that, that, that place is so special. And there are so many unique areas with great backstories, both historically speaking, areas that the average fan and some of the diehards may be like, yeah, man, I knew some of this stuff. But that, but my goal really is to invite people in that are transcendent or, you know, just an average fan that come out to the race once a year and let them know, like, the building they pass 100 times and they've always wondered what it is. Take them inside there. Let them see it see where the radio booth is, you know, where we do the radio broadcast. Like what's the epicenter booth? Who's in there? What, what monitor people ask me all the time when you're up in your turn, are you looking at a computer screen? I'm like, no, man, it's about as elementary as it gets. So I, I did a video series where we went up to the broadcast perch in turn three to show what the broadcast perch is like and what all's happening from that area. Um, we went into the pagoda. We showed the, the, the ninth floor of the pagoda where the security command is and where, the booth is, um, the epicenter for television, all of that stuff. So just kind of a behind-the-scenes thing. So this year, they asked me if I wanted to do it again. 
And I said, sure, but I think I've run out of ideas. So that's hard. Um, but we thought of some new things that we're going to do. We've already shot one of them where I actually took people to a spot in Speedway that you have passed 50,000 times. You've stopped your car 45,000 of those 50,000. And you probably don't recognize that when you park your car, your tires are touching one of the most historic areas, not only in the city of Indianapolis, but certainly one of the most historic areas in terms of its influence and the future in the sport of auto racing. So I tell exactly what happened at that spot. I show where the spot is and I show where the landmark is that lets you find it. Uh, and that'll be episode number one. And they're editing it and working on it right now. So I would say probably around the first week of practice is when that will release. And then we will do what I typically do with most things, including this interview. And that is zero preparation, zero thought process and completely winging it. So I'll come up with a couple of ideas and then we'll grab a camera and we'll go do it. I can't believe you actually wing, you're winging this. You seem like you're uh, you're, you're a pro, you know <laughs> how to do this. And um, you and Mark James always seem to amaze me in just your knowledge of the track and IndyCar. I mean, there's, I think there's only one other person that would know probably more than you. Um, and that's, uh, I believe that was Donald Davidson. Well, <laughs> Donald's the king, man. Listen, I appreciate you saying that, but I'll tell you, Josh, and I'll, and I'll tell you, Derek, the real trick to it. And Mark, I hate to lump Mark into this category, right? But we're old. So we've been around it enough times that at this point, you just talk about stuff you've actually seen in person. People go, man, that dude knows a lot. And it's like, well, yeah, well, I've been out there 35 times, right? So I've worked on the broadcast. This is hard for me to believe, but this will be my 17th year on the broadcast. So, you know, you do, it's not lost on me, guys. I know that. I'm in an incredibly fortunate situation. The only thing that separates me from the vast majority of people who listen to what we do is I was in the right place at the right time. There are other people like you guys that are certainly as skilled and as knowledgeable to be able to do it. So I'm lucky. And I understand that that comes with a respect for the position itself and to know that it carries with it a responsibility to make sure that I hold it with a high regard. And I do. And I appreciate you saying that because hopefully it comes off that way. I will say that. Hopefully it comes off that, that we have a respect for what it is that we're able to do. Oh, definitely. Everything you do for the indie, uh, indie media, the news, uh, just everything you do is awesome. I've seen you out at a couple of events and you talk to fans and you don't, you don't big time them. You're, uh, you're out there talking to them, relating with them. And I think that's awesome. Well, let me and tell you, brother, you got to big time somebody, you got to be big first. And <laughs> that ain't me. <laughs> You know hey, what I, mean? I, I think they should name a hall a hall after you at uh, North Central. You know, you are, you are Mr. North Central next to uh, oh, a couple basketball players. But I think you are uh, you are the biggest thing to come out of North Central. Wow, man, I appreciate that. That's not true, but it's good. It's cool to hear. But Mark Miles went to North Central. Mitch Daniels went to North Central. Bart Peterson went to North Central. Um, you know, actually, Jared from Subway did, too. So, I mean, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a step ahead of most of them, right? I mean, yeah. I got that going for me. Yeah. Thanks, Jake. Uh, Jake, I know we need to uh, uh, wrap this up, but again, a huge thank you uh, for uh, joining us. Uh, me and Josh both look forward uh, to seeing you out uh, well, Derek, at the track here in the next uh, couple weeks. And, and I... What's on the wall well, behind me? I am a nerd. Pictures? So I have every, the wall behind me 
No. Oh, no. These are all of the uh, 164 die casts. Okay, I can tell now. That's cool. I have all the IndyCar 164 die casts. This is what's behind me, yes. All right, that's cool. I can do But like, again, Jake, I know you got to run. Uh, you know, you know, get uh, 7 a.m. comes early, uh, to, uh, to do your radio show. But uh, again, huge thank you uh, for joining us. Uh, we look forward to seeing you uh, out the track here in the next, next couple of weeks. And and I want to tell uh, the listener, if you run, I want them to buy you the biggest jar of Manfot. <laughs> no, no. Listen, I'm not a big guy because I don't like mayonnaise, right? That's the bottom line. That's st- that stuff is so nasty. <laughs> it is the worst condiment ever. It's not only the worst condiment ever invented. It's the worst food ever invented. Like literally, you can't make egg whites even more disgusting, but you add in like pickle juice and whatever else that like that devil spawn is that's mixed in with that crap. It's horrible. It's terrible. And apparently on our radio show, I'm going to be forced to eat it. And I have no idea how that came to be. But that's the that's what I do in order to get like the 18 people that listen to us to keep listening. So thank you for mentioning that. And think of me tomorrow. Thoughts and prayers, please. Jake. Oh, oh, absolutely. We will definitely be uh, listening. But uh, Jake, again, a uh, huge thank you uh, for joining us. And uh, we'll see you uh, here in about a couple weeks' time out at uh, IMS. All right, guys. My pleasure. Have me on anytime. Thank you. No problem, man. Yeah, thank you. Uh, that, go that check man. him out. Yep. Go, uh, go check him out. And uh, like I said, if you run into him uh, out at the finisher, Yep, yep. Make sure that uh, make sure you buy him or uh, that uh, small, medium, or big size jar there of uh, mayonnaise, and I, I'm sure he will uh, appreciate it. But uh, getting to our next guest, I know he has been uh, patiently waiting, and I know he's got his jar of mayonnaise to send to uh, Jake Query. Uh, Mike from Indie Bets is joining us. Uh, Mike, first and foremost, as always, a huge thank you for uh, for joining us. Uh, Barber Motorsports Park this week. Uh, what uh, what can you tell us what you got so far? Well, well first of all, I'm, I'm pro mayonnaise. Like, I don't know what he's talking about. Like, mayonnaise is good. Like, mustard, that's a no-go. But mayonnaise, like, I can get behind some mayo. So, but uh, I thought we were going to talk hockey. Jake had his Islander shirt on. I got my lightning gear on. I saw that. I was like, there's an interesting Islanders hat going on there. And now- his, his, Islanders, his Islanders are about to extend the series 3-2. I think there's like 59 seconds left. I was looking at that. I saw his hat. Uh, they're about to go, uh, go fishing like my lightning are, unfortunately, um, probably, but, uh, you never know. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, man, Barber, Barber Motorsports this week, we get back, back in the action. It's time to build, like all this, these two races, the, the bankroll builders for the Indy 500, uh, which is the, the main betting event of the year for IndyCar. So, uh, got to find some winners here. So yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm hoping we get a full menu again, uh, again of odds on Wednesday night or Thursday morning, uh, pre-practice. But uh, yeah, a couple of guys that I've already got my eye on, ready to go. Um, specifically, I think it's time to fade. I think we talked about this last week. Uh, time to fade the Andretti cars. They did uh, great in Long Beach, and uh, if I can get some juicy matchups or some guys, some matchups early. Uh, I think they go right back to the, let's see, fourth team in line. Uh, McLaren, super strong here. Paddle Ward's probably going to be your favorite. 
Um, maybe not. Maybe he'll be right behind Newgardner. So if we get a good number on Paddle, I'll be jumping on that. Um, I think uh, all the McLaren cars, and I think some guy, one guy that I think could be a long shot that might get double-digit odds pre-practice is Rossi. Rossi is a stud at this track. He was a stud at this track with Andretti, uh, and he was a stud last last couple of years with McLaren. I think he's a sneaky guy for uh, a good top three odd or, or good win odds. Um, and then, you know, I'll be looking at the practice times of the Penske cars. Power's been good here. Had a, he, he, he got screwed over in qualifying last year, and I think he must have passed. I think he went from, like, back of the pack all the way to fourth or fifth, uh, if I recall on that. I'll have to check the stats on that. But uh, he's really good here. So Award, Rossi, and then the Ganassi guy uh, is Polo. This is a Polo track for sure. Polo's got two top threes. Uh, in the last two years, uh, won the race in 2021, 2022, uh, I believe Polo had another top three. So I think he's somebody, uh, he was second to uh, award last year. So uh, I don't put too much stock in the VK poll. I think that was more of a fluky kind of deal um, in a tire situation. So Polo award, um, Rossi has a long shot, and then I'll probably pick and choose a McLaughlin or power bet. But those are the guys I think I got my eye on this week. But this this race is started about starting at the front. So I'm going to save a lot of my money for Sunday. Sounds like a good plan, Mike. Um, <clears throat> what uh, what 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 do you think the uh, what do you think the odds are that uh, somebody from outside of the top three wins uh, wins this race? I know. Me and uh, Derek talked about it earlier that the average starting spot for the person that wins this is between one and three. Um, what do you think? What do you think? Uh, less than 5%, man. I think uh, that's why you just, the last thing I said there is, is in this track, you're, you know, IndyCar, they qualify all within a second of each other. You know, funny things can happen in qualifying. I think you got to wait. Um, you got to wait until, we have the qualifying results and then see what the bets are. Now, the whole point of making bets pre-qualifying is trying to get the pulse that are at a better number, right? Rossi's going to be 14, 15, 16 to one. My guess, maybe, maybe, you know, somewhere low double digits is what I think 10 to 15. And, uh, and then the point of making that bet is, is if he qualifies first, second or third, and is, is puts himself in a position to win the race, his odds are going to go from that double digits down to like three to one, two to one. Um, so you're trying to hit those value bets. And then at that point you can bet on the other guys surrounding him and you can pretty much lock in a profit for the race. So that's the strategy at play with the pre-qualifying betting, but no, this track is, uh, just the way that just historically, the way this track is set up, I don't know if it's, if it's just that, you know, you don't see uh, cautions because there's a ton of runoff areas. Like it's not like a street course where, you know, you, you, these guys bump a little bit, they're going into a wall. Um, there's a bunch of sand, bunch of grass. There's very, I don't think there's very few walls. These guys are going to hit here. So most of the time the cars keep going, cycle somebody at the back, but you don't see these yellows. So two stop race is, is going to win it. And the guys out front just have a huge advantage. They can gap the rest of the field. So yeah, I think the winner comes probably from whoever qualifies, you know, top five, um, moreover top three. So this is a good race where if the sports books don't know that like we do, They'll, they might give us the same kind of top three odds they'd give for St. Pete or Long Beach, um, where we know guys can run some fuel strategy or maybe some cautions can cycle things through. Um, but in this race, you know, if we can get same thing, we can we can 
take the top three guys to qualify and bet them all top three, and you probably can make money. That's just as simple as that if you wanted to. Okay. So hopefully we get some uh, Somebody so. that we touched on or I, I mentioned. Yeah, yeah somebody that, that I mentioned uh, when our previous guest on, uh, Mike, was uh, Mr. Consistency this year, uh, Marcus Erickson. Is that somebody that you're going to put a little bit of uh, stock into uh, this weekend, or are you just going to wait until uh, the uh, 500, obviously, with him being the uh, defending champion? Yeah, no, I, uh, obviously I'm, um, I was anti Erickson from the start of the year. I mean, he's got some good, uh, starting positions in this race in, in history, but he's, um, he's never finished well. He's always, you know, he's, he's barely top 10 last two times out since we had the arrow screen since he's, you know, been a contender, a good nasty car. So no, I'm, I'm going to stay on the Erickson fade train. Now that could change. He, he qualifies, uh, he, you know, he puts it in the fast six and qualifies in the top three or four. Um, then I'll, obviously I'll have to reassess that and bet him on Sunday, but he will not be, uh, on my pre-card, uh, for sure. It'll be, like I said, it'll, I'll be sticking to outside of Polo. It'll be the McLaren drivers, um, and, um, and the and maybe a Penske or two. Um, and I think that if I were picking the Penske's power, it would be my first choice, right? Closely followed by McLaughlin, who's done nice at this track. Uh, and obviously he's, he's, uh, showing more and more speed as he gets more and more experience. New garden has seems a he seems to struggle here a little bit. Um, but he's going to, obviously he's in a Penske car. Anybody in a Penske car can win any race. Most races. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, they actually have a track or track record of, uh, of that for sure. Uh, Mike, uh, I think uh, people will be uh, anticipating, uh, anxiously awaiting, uh, this weekend, uh, the, uh, release of the uh any plan between you and tony donahue to do a uh, uh twitter space before sunday yeah no we so we've been doing the twitter spaces we had a bunch of people on last time um on the last race which which uh you know worked out we were worked out well we, we weren't on well we mentioned kirkwood uh we weren't he wasn't on either of our cards um but uh yeah we'll do a twitter spaces sunday before the race i don't know if this is a noon race or a three o'clock race i haven't looked yet but uh, three o'clock race. Yeah. So man, probably, uh, I think the last time we did it around noon, one o'clock, we might try to get it out, you know, earlier, but we'll keep an eye on Twitter, keep an eye on burnout sports, keep an eye on my Twitter, Tony's Twitter. We'll, uh, we usually just start texting throughout the weekend and we figure out what time both of our schedules work and, and, uh, we'll obviously be tweeting out our betting cards and as we go, uh, and we'll do the spaces and try to get that out for people to listen so they can make some wagers, uh, heading into the race and, and uh, we'll cross our fingers that the sports books uh, have some time for us and, and give us a bunch of different uh, options to, to bet. F1's back, so that hurts, I think, a little bit. Um, but, um, you know, there's nothing else really going on. The draft will be pretty much done, and, and, uh, and sports books can focus their attention maybe back to IndyCar. Speaking of the draft, Mike, I couldn't help but uh, seeing behind uh, you you're a Gator uh, fan. Uh, where's uh, AR15 going on on uh, Thursday? Is he gonna go? Is he gonna come to the Colts? Or you think he's gonna get chosen before that? Uh, sounds like he's gonna be a Colt, and you know, yeah, I am a Florida fan. I went, I went to, I went to the University of Florida, so I'm a huge big Gator. Um, I don't know. I, I think Richardson. He he. Uh, if he turns out to be a superstar, I, I'm gonna be a little annoyed because he really didn't do anything for Florida. <laughs> uh, we. We didn't get any uh, any national titles out of him. Uh, 
he definitely doesn't have the uh, record that uh, a Tebow had or, or a leak had. So he's got a cannon for an arm. I've been to a couple games, watched him in person. He's kind of like a, a Lamar Jackson kind of guy, but he's also kind of a one read guy. And sometimes he throws that cannon a little too hard when he should, when he should have a touch pass. But uh, yeah, I think he goes to the Colts. I know I saw pictures of the, the Colts playing in Gainesville multiple times. So uh, who knows? But uh, he could end up being he could end up being special. He's a smart kid. At least he's he's definitely got a good head on his shoulders. He seemed like he's a good guy in Florida. So we'll see. You want him or no? You're at Col- you guys are Mike. Guys, right? all I'm gonna, well, well, uh, Mike. I'm all I'm gonna say is thank you. Because- Made that same compare today of Anthony Richardson to Lamar Jackson, and a certain somebody told me I was wrong. So, th- validating that he's bigger than he's bigger than, than oh, yeah. uh, Lamar. A certain somebody said I was wrong. And as much as I hate to say this, Tebow and Leak had uh, had a great coach ugh, in uh, Urban Meyer, but um, and AR didn't have anybody really to throw to or do anything. Um, but uh, I, no, I, I am I am personally hoping that we get uh, CJ Stroud, but that's just me. But if we get Anthony Richardson, I'll I'll op- I'll welcome him with opening arms. I, I'd rather have Stroud than Richardson. Uh, the, the thing about Richardson is he gets hurt. Like there are a lot of games we lost because the coaches would not let him run. Um, and they he had a bad ankle. He had a busted ribs and like. When he was at full strength, we we upset Florida upset some people, and we were in some games we probably, you know, we shouldn't have been in. I was betting on him uh, every weekend, and I watched every single, pretty much every single game. So uh, there were times where the coaches had handcuffs on him because he got injured. So that's definitely a worry. Like those NFL guys hit, you know, the SEC hits pretty hard, but the NFL hits a little bit harder. Um, so I'd be worried about his his health, and he he is definitely a one read kind of scramble guy, and. Yeah, I'd make the Lamar. You know, most of the the quarterbacks, the Lamar. You know, there's a difference between like a Lamar and a Kyler. Kyler's a tiny little guy. Lamar's a big. Richardson's a big dude. So, but he does he does have injuries. So I don't know. It should be interesting. I, I am gonna watch the, to see where he goes and and uh, and uh, yeah. I've obviously made a lot of friends in the Indianapolis area with uh, the IndyCar betting stuff and a lot of people that follow me. So. Uh, so if he, I'll be, I'll become a little bit. I always root for the Gators in in pro football. I usually don't, I don't have a pro team. Uh, it's usually whoever my money's on. So I root for Florida guys. Okay, thanks, Mike. Uh, Mike, uh, good stuff as always. In a week's time, and hopefully has uh, more shekels. Uh, in there uh, uh thanks to you but again uh huge uh, as always uh to uh, come on here and uh hopefully uh, everything uh, goes well this weekend and uh maybe you can retire yeah yeah i doubt it that'd be nice though one of these days but uh yeah good luck man we'll uh, keep an eye on the twitter we'll everything's uh, everything's out there and hopefully uh hopefully we'll hit we'll get back in our winning ways we had a little little hiccup with kirkwood luckily you know somebody won 26 grand uh, but we'll see if we can find uh, if we can find that winner this week uh, this week for everybody. Maybe it's Rossi Rossi Palo Award. I don't think any of them are pulling you in twenty six G's. It's going to be a big bet. Uh, they're not a forty or twenty six to one Kirkwood. That's that's not happening at Barber. You know that that might happen at Indy or someplace else. But uh, but we'll see if we can make some money. So good luck. Good luck. Thank you.
Yep. Good luck, Mike. Uh, thanks as always. And we'll uh, talk again in about a week or so. So uh, good stuff there. Make sure you give him a follow on, on Twitter, uh, especially if you are in the betting aspect of IndyCar and you want to win some money, uh, highly suggest uh, following him and uh, he will uh, help you do so uh, for sure. Uh, we have come down to the uh, last uh, few minutes, a few questions uh, of the show. Uh, first and foremost, I want to thank our uh, sponsors uh, that uh, make it possible uh, for us to uh, bring this uh, podcast to you on a uh, weekly basis. Uh, Always ready, 1776. Uh, if you're looking for patriotic apparel, uh, headwear, uh, anything else, go check out alwaysready1776.com. And when you get to the uh, checkout portion of the website, uh, make sure you use that promo code that you see up on your screen, push to pass, for 10% off of your order always ready 1776.com and then also get them associates incorporated uh, for all of your home design build and remodeling needs it's get them associates incorporated uh, go check out their website at get them.com and then uh, as you see it uh, down at the bottom make sure you use uh, that promo code as well uh, push to pass for $250 off any design service a huge thank you both to always ready 1776 and get them associates incorporated uh, now we'll get to uh, the news section uh, before we uh, get on out of here uh, josh uh, the first uh, news item i think we have uh, we were talking with uh, jake uh, earlier uh, the uh, first uh, testing results uh, came out uh, this week from the uh, indianapolis motor speedway i know that's probably awful hard for a few people to read uh just run down i'll run down some of the uh drivers that i thought uh, had a good test uh this past week obviously uh joseph newgarden uh, found himself at the top of the speed charts at 227 miles an hour he turned 115 laps uh somebody we talked about as well uh connor daly uh found himself second uh with a lap of 227 miles an hour as well he turned over 145 laps. Uh, Jake touched on this uh, earlier. Uh, Stefan Wilson uh, come in sixth fastest at 225 miles an hour, and he turned 107 laps. Uh, the highest uh, rookie uh, in this was uh, Augusta Campino. Uh, he was uh, 27th quickest at 222 uh, miles an hour, and he only turned 38 laps. So between the 34 drivers uh, that we had test, uh, Josh, there was over 3,108 laps turned. So uh, definitely uh, it, uh, it the, the anticipation, I think to say is uh, definitely growing there uh, for the uh, 500 as we are only one race away from kicking off the month of May. Uh, anything you want to add to the uh, to the test uh, this week before we move on? That's a staggering amount of uh, laps to get in on one day. One day they got 3,100 laps in. That is that's staggering to me that they were a, that they were able to get out there and have no as uh, Jake was saying they had no uh, no problems no no wrecks no any, nothing nobody hit the wall anything like that and that's staggering um, I I can only imagine uh, how much data data they would have been able to get had they not got the second day rained out um, <clears throat> looking forward to uh, looking forward to it uh, you know 
we get past Barber. Barber, I don't want to jump past Barber just yet, but you know, looking forward to May. It's going to be fun uh, being. This is the first year I'll be credentialed to be able to go around and uh, talk to the drivers and get their feel on how uh, on how they're on how they're they're gonna how they're gonna do this week this uh, May, uh, especially uh, with RC going to be in the. Uh, oh, uh, we'll hold on to that, but uh, RC being uh, being uh, being confirmed that he's going to be racing this uh, this uh, this time trying to make the uh, make the field um, it's gonna be a fun time I can't wait um, those those lap times bring good promise to me that we're gonna have a great month of May and just as you talked about the aforementioned uh, our seniors and our next uh, story is uh, we were able to uh, finally confirm uh, this past week that uh, RC Enerson is going to uh, team up with Able Motorsports and be the 34th entry in the 2023 Indianapolis 500. Uh, Able Motorsports, uh, with a shop located less than one mile south of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, has confirmed the number 55 Chevrolet uh, powered entry will be in the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500 presented by GameBridge and their driver, the aforementioned R.C. Enerson. Found in Louisville, Kentucky, Able Motorsports has been a mainstay of the NTT IndyCar Series ladder system for years, mostly, most recently expanding to the Indy Next by Firestone in 2022. Quote, we've always envisioned the opportunity to enhance our position in the business world by leveraging the unique intersection that racing has with our brand, said Bill Abel, CEO of Abel Construction Company. I can't think of a better way of bringing that to life with our many customers, partners, and associates than showcasing what we can do right here at 16th and Georgetown in Speedway. I'm just so thankful for this opportunity. Able Motorsports is comprised of veteran NTT IndyCar Series engineers and crew that began preparing the number 50 entry for Enerson in early January with a focus on kicking off the month of May in strong fashion when practice starts May 16th. Quote, it's going to be thrilling, a thrill, watching RC pilot the number 50 Chevrolet around the speedway, and we believe it sets a very positive tone of what's to come for Able Motorsports in the future, said John Brenner, team manager. As has been speculated, we are evaluating a full-time entry for the 2024 IndyCar season, and our group is committed to building the foundation needed for sustainable long-term success in motorsports. A huge thanks to IndyCar and Chevrolet for their efforts in making this happen. Enerson, 26, who led the Indy Next by Firestone Oval Points during his only season in full-time competition, has made five previous NTT IndyCar Series starts. The Floridian keeps himself race-ready as the chief driving instructor for the Lucas Oil School of Racing. He will attempt to make his first start in, quote, the the greatest spectacle in racing. I can't thank Bill and John enough for this opportunity to be back at the 500, Enerson said. In the works for many months, the Able Motorsports crew is top-notch and loaded with experience well beyond my years. I'm honored to carry the banner for this organization during the month of May, and while it's going to be a few more weeks until we go on the track, I expect we'll be up to speed quickly at the Speedway. 
I just just so looking forward to climbing behind the wheel of an NTT IndyCar Series machine at IMS once again. So cool. The Able Motorsports number 50 Chevrolet is the 34th entry for the Indianapolis 500, assuring bump day for qualifying for the 33 starting spots available for the world's most prestigious auto race. So again, uh, huge congratulations, uh, Josh. I think is an order, obviously, uh, for uh, for uh, driver analyst here on the show, uh, friend of the show, uh, RC Enerson, who we will be able to uh, see during the month of May, and hopefully he is able to get that number fifty entry into the Indianapolis five hundred. Definitely uh, excited for RC. Uh, it's going to be really cool having him back on next week. I can. Uh, ask him all kinds of questions, you know, how this ride came together, uh, what his expectations are. Um, hopefully I can get him, if he's going to have shirts, I can get, get him to get me a couple uh, two X's, you know, in different colors so that I can support, uh, support RC out at the, uh, out of the track as I'm out there. Uh, and, uh, hopefully he makes the, uh, track makes the 500 field and we can, uh, we can root him on, uh, and, uh, hopefully he finishes great. <clears throat> and uh, we'll, this will be the start of a uh, start of a great, prosperous, more uh, adventurable uh, career for him. I know he's he's already been racing, but hopefully this will be a more of a launch pad for him, so he can maybe get a, a full time ride somewhere uh, in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait to uh, speak with the RC uh, next week and uh, just hear how uh, this all uh, uh, took place, uh, went down, and uh, uh, we can uh, start focusing in not only on the Grand Prix, uh, but the 500 as well. Uh, Josh, one last thing to uh, get. I think we're both excited uh, to see this on Thursday, Uh, but don't forget uh, the CW. Uh, for uh, people here in Indianapolis, uh, if you go to Wish TV uh, Thursday at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 uh, Central, uh, check out the new documented series, 100 Days to Indy, uh, Week 1. Can't wait for this. Again, uh, Wish TV is going to be carrying it in its entirety. And I do believe that if you go to the CW streaming app, app excuse me, on Friday, uh, they will have this uploaded and ready to go. Uh, definitely can't wait for this. And uh, when we get to our closer, Josh, uh, you touched on the uh, uh, important words from one uh, car owner, uh, David Letterman, uh, talking about this. Uh, we'll play this uh, right before we get on out of here. Uh, but definitely excited. Can't wait to see uh, what this uh, first uh, episode one has in store. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Can't wait. I'll uh, I'll be uh, tuning in to watch it uh, on Vice or CW. Uh, it's going to be exciting. Uh, I would imagine it's um, it's going to be a build up to the to how to how the race is um, is ran. And uh, you know, Doug Bowles over the last several years has made several improvements to the track, uh, different stuff. He's also done a series on going behind the scenes just like uh, Jake has and showing off different aspects of the track. So uh, I anticipate Doug being, um, being an integral part. Maybe he'll uh, give us a little bit more behind the scenes of uh, how he chose that carb day. And maybe he's going to change his mind after he listened to my podcast, my rant a couple weeks ago about uh, let's get into the, let's get in, let's get into the future. You know, I, I love, I love the past, but let's get to the future and let's get some more, let's get some better bands out there. 
Yeah, good stuff. Uh, make sure uh, if you if you, if Doug Bowles is listening, go uh, check that out because I think you will uh, definitely agree with uh, what uh, Josh had to said had to say rather. But uh, Josh, I think that uh, does it for uh, this episode. Uh, make sure you are. Uh, checking uh, Twitter this weekend uh, for all of your uh, coverage there of the uh, Children's of Alabama uh, Indy Grand Prix. Uh, we'll be bringing it to you in its entirety. And then also, too, uh, check on Sunday. We'll give our uh, race picks. So uh, first, huge thank you to uh, Jake Query for uh, joining us. And then, as always, a huge thank you for uh, to Mike uh, for joining us as well. So uh, for Derek and, and Josh over there on the other side, uh, we will uh, bid you a fair adieu, but uh, we'll be back in one week's time uh, to uh, discuss uh, what just took place at Barber and then to turn the page, flip the month to the month of May and everything that is the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So until until next week, so long, everybody. Have I been cued? This is my first day in show business. Okay, I need I need one of these. I got you. Okay. What you need to understand about the Indianapolis 500, you're minutes away from watching an event that causes the hair on the back of your hands to stand up. They fire the engines, and suddenly what was an audible hum becomes a violent shriek of thunder. This is no exaggeration. If you win the Indianapolis 500, you're going to be a mortal. 100 Days to Indy. Documentary series premieres Thursday, April 27th. Free next day on the CW app.